Hello and welcome to Central Study Hour at Sacramento Central Seventh-day Adventist Church. Wherever you are and however you are joining us, we're so glad you're here. This morning I thought, um, I always say wherever and however, uh, but last week when Madeline, a little five-year-old from Norway, sent in a request, I said, oh, we're so glad you wake up, but people are also in different time zones, yes? So someone in Norway or someone in France or in Europe might be watching this at 6 p.m. So at whatever time you are joining us, we welcome you and welcome to our congregation here. Our first song this morning is hymn 197, The King of Love is My Shepherd. This comes as a request from Stephon Morris in Kingston, Jamaica. Let's sing the first and third verse of hymn 197. This is a rendition of uh, the 23rd Psalm. Um, the king of love my shepherd is, whose goodness faileth never. I nothing lack if I am his, and he is mine forever and ever. Amen. Let's sing uh, our next hymn, hymn 223, Crown Him with Many Crowns. This comes as a request uh, from Peter McGarity in St. Clair, Sydney, Australia, Stephanie Reedy in Sheridan, Illinois. Hello, Stephanie. Uh, and Jonathan Smith right here in Fresno, California. Let's sing the first and second verse of Crown Him with Many Crowns.
have a special request. Crown him with many crowns. The king of love is my shepherd. Um, that was a new hymn for us. Visit us at our website at saccentral.org. Click on the contact us link. Tell us your name, where you're from, um, and the, the title of the hymnal, of course, of the hymn. Our next song comes from our topical index of health and wholeness. Uh, this will be our last song in this section. And they were all new songs for us, so you know three more songs in the hymnal, yes? Uh, we'll sing hymn 644, O God, whose will is life and good. We'll sing three verses. Dear Heavenly Father, dear God, whose, whose will of life is good, we come to you this morning with open arms and open hearts, thanking you for, for being everything. Lord, you are the great physician. You're the, the king of love. Um, and you're also the king of kings, which is why we crown you with many crowns. And we, we recognize that, Lord. We, we ask that your power your great and awesome power work in us, work on us, work through us to, to make man whole, to make ourselves whole with you, Jesus. As we study this morning, please be with us, be with Pastor Chris, that we can grow in, in wisdom and stature and your grace as well. We ask all these things in your name, Lord. Amen. Our lesson study will be brought to us this morning by Pastor Chris, our senior pastor at Sex Central Church. Well, thank you very much. You all sounded beautiful this morning, as usual. And uh, trust those that are joining us were able to sing along with us as well and uh, enjoy the music. We're learning some new songs here, aren't we? Proving a bit of a challenge, isn't it? Yeah, um, but a good challenge nonetheless. Um, 
Happy Sabbath. Good to see you. And uh, also those that are tuning in, we're glad you're doing so. Um, and we want to remind you there is a free offer at every at the end of every program. You can call in to 916-457-6511 if you're in North American territories or email us at csh at saccentral.org. What you want to do is ask for offer number 21505. We're moving right along. That's 21505 and pick up your uh, free gift. Uh, we, uh, we're continuing in the Proverbs. Are you any smarter now that... Uh, now, not to say that you were anything different before, but are you any smarter now that uh, you've been going through the book of Proverbs? Are you finding you're making some better choices and decisions? Or are you finding that you're, all the, a lot of the choices you're making just haven't been great, and this is really revealing it? Um, but I trust uh, that you're being blessed and you're enjoying the study. We're on lesson number five today, and uh, we're going to look at our uh, Scripture reading here. Lesson number five, the blessings of the righteous the blessings of the righteous. All right, let's go straight to our lesson here. Uh, we're on uh, Sabbath afternoon. We're looking at our Scripture reading, and it's in Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 6. <clears throat> and the Bible says, blessings are on the head of the righteous, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. Our study uh, this morning is going to be reviewing uh, this week, uh, which is really Proverbs chapter 10, uh, 11, 12, and 13. So in this very short time, we're going to review four big chapters in the book of Proverbs. That's our goal here uh, this morning. You uh, may have heard the story about automaker Henry Ford, uh, who asked his, uh, this electrical genius, his name was Charles Steinmetz, uh, to build a generator in one of his factories. And one day, the, uh, this generator that he built came to a grinding halt, and uh, the repairmen couldn't find the problem. And so what Ford did is he called in Steinmetz to uh, fix the problem. So Steinmetz tinkered with the, uh, the generator there for a few hours, and then he threw the switch. The generator began to whirl. Everything was working perfectly fine. Everything was functioning. And, uh, and then Ford got a bill from Steinmetz for $10,000. And, of course, you'd understand why Ford was flabbergasted. And so he, uh, he wrote uh, to Steinmetz, and asked him why, for his tinkering, it would cost $10,000. And, uh, and so this was the reply from Steinmetz. Uh, for tinkering with the generators, $10. For knowing where to tinker, $9,990. Um, yeah, that's a good story. The benefits of knowing where to tinker. And friends, let me suggest here the benefits galore when we experience, when one experiences and applies biblical wisdom to their lives. You're going to be in as, you're going to be in as much demand as someone who knows how to tinker or at least knows where to tinker. Now, biblical wisdom is not only about knowing what is right, but it's also about what? Doing, right? Doing what is right. Uh, what's another way of saying right doing? What's another way of saying right doing? What's a biblical phrase? Righteousness, there it is. Uh, Christ Object Lessons, page 312, right doing is, or righteousness, or righteousness is right doing. So another way we could say right doing is righteousness. The book of Proverbs is actually a book of instruction in righteousness. It's, an, it's a book of instruction in righteousness. We've talked about that before. In Proverbs chapter 10, 
through 12, um, and actually those chapters uh, bear that out. As a matter of fact, let me see if I can, uh, I believe, let me see if I can give this to you here. In Proverbs chapter 10, um, the wise man refers to the wise as being righteous or the unwise being unrighteous uh, 12 times in Proverbs chapter 10. In verses 2, 3, 6, 7, 11, 16, 20, 24, 28, and 30 to 32. Uh, that, I said that fast, so you've got to go back now and look and check for yourselves, you see. Uh, and then in uh, chapter 11 of Proverbs, um, the wise man refers to the wise as being the righteous 11, uh, sorry, 13 times. And then in chapter 12, he refers to the righteous, the wise being righteous, uh, 10 times. So when you read about the wise in the book of Proverbs, you're actually reading about the righteous. When you read about the wicked or the unwise, the foolish in uh, the book of Proverbs, you're reading about the, the unrighteous, right? Yeah, the wicked. And so, uh, the wise equals the righteous, the foolish equals the wicked. Wisdom equals righteousness, foolishness equals unrighteousness. Let's uh, look at Proverbs chapter 8, if you'd be so kind. I know we're not there uh, today, but I just want to show you this. Proverbs chapter 8, verses 12 and 18, and then I want to compare a couple of verses, just so you see where I'm coming from, and that you see this for yourself in Scripture. Proverbs chapter 8, and verses 12, 18, and we're going to look at 20 as well. Notice what it says. Let's look at verses 18 and 20 first. It says, Riches and honor are with me, enduring riches and righteousness. Verse 20, I traverse the way of what? Righteousness in the midst of the paths of justice. Now, who is speaking? Jump up to verse 12. I, wisdom. All right, so wisdom, uh, wisdom, honors, riches and honor with me, enduring riches and righteousness. Righteousness is, with, comes with wisdom, and uh, we read in verse 20 that wisdom traverses the way of righteousness. Now, look with me over at Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 13. Just go back a couple of pages. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 13, <clears throat> and, uh, and we'll compare with chapter 10, verse 2. So, let's look here. Proverbs 4, verse 13. Notice what the wise man says. He says, take firm hold of instruction, do not let go, keep her, for she is what? Your life. She is your life. Now go over to chapter 10 and verse 2 and keep your finger in chapter 10 because we'll be there. Now, Proverbs 10 verse 2, notice, treasures of, treasures of wickedness profit nothing, but righteousness delivers from the antithesis of life, right? Death. So, you see the comparisons. I've just given you a couple, but you know, you, you may have studied already to, to find more comparisons. There are there's certainly plenty others. But when we talk about wisdom in, in uh, the book of Proverbs, the wise man is referring to righteousness, right doing, doing the right thing, living a life of obedience to God's will. That's what biblical wisdom is, it's righteousness. All right, so let's jump into Sunday's lesson. And uh, as as that's just considered my little preamble. You know, I like to give a little preamble, and sometimes my preambles are too long so that we don't have enough time for each day, but we're getting there, and I appreciate your patience. All right, Proverbs chapter 10, and uh, we're going to be reading verses 1 through 7. This is Sunday's lesson. Righteousness is holistic. Uh, in other words, righteousness factors in the whole person. Righteousness is pretty broad. It just doesn't have to do with... Um, with uh, uh, maybe doing something for the poor and the needy. 
Uh, Righteousness encompasses a whole lot more when it comes to the way we think, the way we speak, the way we act. Righteousness is holistic. Um, But in Proverbs chapter 10, verses 1 to 7, it offers general instruction in righteousness or wisdom in brief proverbs, in brief proverbs, which are basically independent of each other. And that's important just to pick up because we've been reading pretty much consecutive thought. The first eight, nine chapters of Proverbs, primarily you're dealing with these trains of thought that the wise man has been expressing. But now we're getting into a section of the book which deals with independent, brief Proverbs. And um, in in Hebrew, there are several forms of Hebrew poetry. Uh, you uh, You have synonymous parallelism, um, which simply uh, is repeating thoughts. So, line, line two repeats the thought of line one. Um, synonymous parallelism. Whereas we in poetry use rhyming words, the Hebrews use rhyming thoughts. So, that's one method of poetry in Hebrew. And then you've got constructive parallelism, where you've got the second line uh, enhancing or adding on to the first line. But what we're going to be reading in verses 1 through 7 here in Proverbs chapter 10 is the antithetical form of Hebrew poetry, contrasting views. Contrasting views, line 2 contrasts line 1. And so we'll see that here. Um, Someone has, and I've I've given someone to read Proverbs chapter 10 verses 1 through 7. I'm a little slow here this morning, so Dennis has got that. Thank you very much. Proverbs chapter 10, verses 1 through 7. And what we're going to do is, um, Dennis, if you're with me here, what we're going to do is I'm going to have you read verse 1, and then I'm going to give a little bit of a commentary. Then I'm going to come back to you, and you're going to do verse 2, and I'm going to give a little commentary. Uh, So, uh, this is how we're going to do for these seven verses. So, uh, Dennis, please, uh, Proverbs 10, verses 1 through 7. The Proverbs of Solomon. A wise man, a wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is the grief of his mother. Okay, do you see the contrast there? Uh, uh, verse, uh, the second line contrasts the first line. A foolish son is the grief of his mother, the wise son makes a glad father. And the, the, the contrast here is not with regards to the parents who have differing thoughts regarding their children. Um, you know, it's not, it's not that the father is not grieved when his son is foolish and, uh, and vice versa when uh, the mother is not, not very happy when the father is glad because his son is wise. That's not the contrast. The contrast is uh, with regard to the wisdom of a son and the foolishness of a son and how it grieves the parents. What, what this teaches us about righteousness, and this is what we're going to do in these few verses, is righteousness, righteousness teaches us some things or wisdom teaches us some things. First of all, in verse number one, righteousness considers the influence of one's words and actions considers the influence. In the case of a child, they need to consider that their behavior, their actions could end up grieving their parents. Your actions could end up uh, have an effect on somebody. You've heard me say before and you've heard the saying, no man is an island. All right, verse number two. Treasures of the wicked profit nothing, but righteousness delivers from death. All right, so righteousness seeks out eternal riches above earthly temporal riches. That's what we can learn from righteousness here. There's no, there's no profit in, in gaining only temporal, bless, t- temporal riches, but there is great profit in gaining eternal life, isn't there? Sure. Righteousness, by the way, is not just the avoidance of the pollution of sin, but it, righteousness also actively engages in treating and benefiting those around them. 
So that's what righteousness is. So righteousness seeks out eternal riches. So number one, righteousness considers the influence it has upon others, its words and actions, and it also seeks eternal riches above earthly. Verse three. The Lord will not allow the righteous soul to famish, but he cast away the desire of the wicked. All right. So verse three teaches us something about righteousness. What does verse three teach us about righteousness? It trusts who? Righteousness trusts God to provide for our needs versus our wants. God provides for our needs. Verse 4, he who has a slack hand becomes poor, but the hand of the diligent makes riches. Okay, so righteousness, what does righteousness teach us here? Righteousness works faithfully in what? Diligently. It puts its hand to the plow, works hard, and uh, Working hard is different from overwork too, by the way, but uh, righteousness works faithfully and diligently. Okay, verse 5. He who gathers in summer is a wise son. He who sleeps in harvest is a son who causes shame. Okay, so what does righteousness teach us here? Diligence. Diligence for sure. Yeah. Yes, diligence. Righteousness teaches us, or righteousness knows the hour and understands what to do at that particular time. So it's summer, it's time to do what? Time to reap, time to harvest. So righteousness understands the hour and acts accordingly. Okay, verse six, we're getting there, Dennis. Blessings are on the head of the righteous, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. Okay, this will soon be over, I promise. (laughs) So blessings, right, the righteous, appreciate and they know they are blessed of God. As a matter of fact, notice it is not just a blessing, but we receive what? Blessings. It's plural, right? Blessings shall be on their head, as Matthew Henry put it in his commentary, blessings shall be on their head as a crown to adorn and dignify, and as a helmet to protect and secure. So, uh, this is the the picture that the wise man gives us. Okay, last verse, verse 7. What else does righteousness teach us? The memory of the righteous is blessed, but the name of the wicked will rot. Okay. So what does righteousness maintain? A good reputation and a good name, correct? Sure. So in these seven verses, righteousness teaches us a lot. And uh, we, we don't have time to just break it all down because we need to move on. But I just want to, wanted to highlight that uh, in, the con- in the contrast that you see here, the antithetical uh, parallel uh, in this Hebrew, in Hebrew poetry, in these seven verses, you'll notice the contrast, and those contrasts speak volumes, teach us a lot about true biblical wisdom or uh, righteousness as we're learning here. So, as in just these seven verses, we've discovered that righteousness is holistic. It considers quite a bit, doesn't it? Takes in quite a bit. It's not just showing up for church, as important as that is. It's not just um, keeping the Sabbath, as important as that is. It's got to do with a, a lot of other things. It's, it's, it encompasses a lot. And uh, so that's, that's the point of, uh, of these seven verses. Let's go to Monday's lesson now. Let's talk about the mouth of the righteous, a topic that some of us don't want to talk about. The mouth is the outlet of the mind. You know, Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And we uh, just got through studying the book of James, didn't we? And the book of James talks quite a bit about that the mouth, the tongue, the lips, uh, so important to the book of Proverbs that, um, and to the wise man who wrote the book of Proverbs, that mouth is mentioned 50 times, lips is mentioned 41 times, and tongue 
is mentioned 19 times. Interesting. So let's look at Proverbs 10. We're still there. Let's look at verses 8 and 10, talking about the mouth. And somebody has James chapter 3 and verse 2. We're going to come to them in just a moment. Okay, Richard, thank you. James chapter 10, verses 8 and 10. Notice what it says. It says, The wise in heart shall receive commands, but a prating fool, a prating fool will fall. And then look at verse 10. He who winks with the eye causes trouble, but a prating fool will fall. What's the common thread in those verses? <laughs> the prating fool will do what? Will fall. And what is a prating fool? What does that mean? Literally, prating fool just simply means fools, a fool of lips. A fool, not F-U-L-L, but F-O-O-L, a fool of lips. Someone who is always too busy talking to stop and listen. You've heard the little poem about the wise old owl. You heard the poem? It says, a wise old owl lived in an oak. The more he heard, the less he spoke. The less he spoke, the more he heard. Why can't we be like this wise old bird? <laughs> um, the counsel and admonition, obviously, in Proverbs 10 is to uh, stop and listen and pay attention and learn some things along the way. James chapter 3 and verse 2. Richard, thank you. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Mm -hmm. All right. Look at verse 19 of Proverbs chapter 10. In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. All right, so uh, let's take a look at a few other verses here in, James, in uh, Proverbs chapter 10, rather. Proverbs 10, we're going to look at verse 11, the mouth of the righteous, the mouth of the righteous. Uh, verse 11, it says, by the blessing of the upright, no, I'm in the wrong chapter, Proverbs chapter 10, verse 11, the mouth of the righteous is a what? Well of life, wow, a well of life but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. The righteous, in other words, offer words of wisdom, counsel, admonition to bless and to edify and to encourage other individuals, other people. And it's likened to, the words of the righteous are likened to refreshing streams of, of, of water. And uh, that, and wherever those, the water runs, it brings new growth and, and sustains life. And so the, the, the righteous the wise, according to the wise man, when they talk, their, their words edify and encourage and bless and, and, and advise, counsel, and, uh, and bring uh, hope and encouragement to an individual. They're like springs of streams of water. And that's quite a compliment because in Psalms chapter 36, verse 9, and Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13, God is said to be a fountain of living water. So if our words are a fountain of living water, water, and the, the mouth is simply the outlet of the mind, who is dwelling in the mind of the righteous? Yeah, Jesus, uh, Paul writing to the Philippians in Philippians 2, 5 says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Yeah, that's right. And so, uh, so the righteous, their words are of life to, to other individuals. And... Um, 
And certainly, I think we can all say that our words haven't always been encouraging and edifying to other individuals. And uh, may God help us somehow take better control of our tongue. Amen. All right, look at verse 12. Proverbs 10, verse 12, we go on. Hatred stirs up strife. How, does, how would hatred stir up strife? With their, with their words, right? Stirs up strife, but love covers all sins. So hatred is motivated by slander or is, mo- is motivated to slander. And the contrast here is that love, love forgives, it moves on and then returns good for evil, you see. Verse 13, wisdom is found on the lips of him who has understanding, but a rod is on the back of him who is devoid of understanding. And this may be a rod um, in several instances, several different uh, uh, ways. Maybe the individual who has a, uh, doesn't have a handle on their own words uh, and just kind of flies off or just slanders or backbites, um, gossips. Um, maybe their conscience smites them. That may be the rod in some form, right? Their conscience smites them. Uh, a person who typically lashes out with their tongue gets a tongue lashing from someone else. So that may be the rod as well, right? Back in this day of this writing, if you, um, if you had said something you ought not have said, uh, you may have been brought before the magistrate and you would have received a true flogging with a rod. And, uh, and so, uh, it's a hard life for one that cannot control the tongue. It's not an easy life. Not a, it sounds, sounds pretty painful, doesn't it? Yeah, the rod. Verse 14, uh, and then wise people store up knowledge, but the mouth of the foolish is near destruction. So here, righteousness or the righteous learn from, pretty, learn from everyone. They listen carefully and they take away those things that are good. They learn from everyone and every experience in life. They're paying attention and uh, thus they're prepared to meet life's emergencies. You remember in Matthew chapter 13, verse 52, Jesus told the parable of the things new and old and he talks about the uh, the steward, the manager of over the household, and he brings out of the treasure house of knowledge th- both things new and old. And so God's people, the righteous, are learning from experiences, learning from, uh, in, uh, learning from other individuals as they talk with them, as they watch them and as they're involved with them, and uh, they're storing up knowledge and righteousness and blessing so that in when an emergency comes along, they're able to be a blessing and, and help and, and share in some respects. So, uh, so it's very clear in these several verses that there's a big contrast between the mouth of the righteous and the mouth of the unrighteous, the mouth of the wise and the mouth of the foolish. I thank God for His grace um, because, uh, as I mentioned earlier, we've all said something we wish we had not said or we could take back. Uh, I told you, I mentioned before, if you take your toothpaste bottle and you squeeze it, how easy is it for the, the toothpaste to come out? Pretty easy, and that's like our words, just all comes out sometimes. How easy is it to put the toothpaste back in the, the tube? It's pretty difficult. So once our words are out there, they're gone, they're, they're, they're there, they've done their damage, or they've done, they've been a blessing. Um, and so there's encouragement for us to pause and to wait and to think before we speak um, by God's grace. Um, and we thank God that others are forgiving too. Because we've said some things and I said, you know, it's okay. It's all right. I understand. I understand. And you thank them for, for being gracious to you. And you learn from that experience, right? Um, a couple of neat little sayings that I, that I picked up 
regarding speech. This one has to do with abrasive speech, people who speak very coarsely, harshly. Uh, the counsel is, keep your words soft and sweet. You never know when you may have to eat them. Good advice, isn't it? Um, here's two about gossip. Uh, gossip is like soap, mostly lie, L-Y-E. And then I like this one, a gossip is just a fool with a keen sense of rumor. This uh, individual said, profanity is a public announcement of stupidity. <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. How about boasting? How about boasting? Uh, this individual said, don't brag, it isn't the whistle that pulls the train. Food for thought there, isn't there? Uh, when we consider speech, words, we think, you, you can't help, and we're, we're studying it in Scripture, you think, can't help but think about God and His words. You can't help but think of Jesus, whom the Bible says was the Word of God, is the Word of God. The very thoughts of God made visible, audible. God created the world using what? Words. And so, perhaps there's encouragement for us right there, when we use our words, they should always be used for creative purposes, right? Just as God's words uh, were used for creative purposes. Um, we're going we, to move on to Tuesday's lesson, Hope of the Righteous. We're in Proverbs chapter 11 now. Hope of the Righteous. <clears throat> so, let's briefly look at some of the blessings of the righteous. We're going to look here at a few verses and... Um, and look at the benefits of righteousness, of wisdom. Proverbs chapter 11, let's look at verses 3, 5, and 6 real quickly. It says, the integrity of the upright will guide them, but the perversity of the unfaithful will destroy them. Verses 5 and 6, the righteousness of the blameless will direct him aright, but the wicked will fall by his own wickedness. The righteousness of the upright will deliver them, but the unfaithful will be caught by their lust. And so, according to these few verses, what are some of the blessings of wisdom or the blessings of righteousness? They'll help us stay on track, won't they? Keep us on the way of doing what is right, saying what is right. There's even an allusion to the seventh commandment here, lust, allowing our thoughts, our, our bodies to go in directions they ought not go, you see. So, righteousness will keep us on the straight and narrow, keep us on, on course, so we don't get... Uh, don't get lost. Ever been on one of those um, uh, trips uh, where you do an orientation, it's like an orientation trip and you're using a compass and you, they tell you you've got to go to this point and then you've got to go to this point and then here and then here and then finally make your way back and you've got to use the coordinates they give you and there you've got to, to make sure they know you've actually been to those particular uh, places, you've got to sign in that you were actually there. You can't just walk away and about an hour later show up and say, hey, I did the course. They're going to check up on you. But if you don't know how to use a compass, you're going to get lost. And I know that by experience. <laughs> um, no, no fun going out there and not knowing how to use a compass aright. Uh, righteousness, if, we, if our heads are in this book, righteousness, the Word of God will keep us on the straight and narrow, will keep us from harm and deliver us from a lot of pain and a lot of heartache that some of us have experienced, and we thank God for His grace that has received us and is changing our lives. Let's look at verse 4, another blessing of the righteous. Notice verse 4, riches do not profit in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers, we read this earlier, righteousness delivers from what? 
death. Righteousness delivers from death. How wonderful. Righteousness delivers out of trouble. Um, You think about, what did it say there? Let me just read that again here. Riches do not profit in their wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. And so uh, that is eternal life. Now look at verses 8 and 9 and 21. Righteousness is delivered from, the righteous is delivered from trouble. It comes to the wicked instead. Verse 9, the hypocrite with his mouth destroys his neighbor, but through the knowledge, through knowledge, the righteous will be delivered. There it is again, delivered. And then verse 21, it says, though they join forces, the wicked will not go unpunished, but the prosperity. The posterity, rather, of the righteous will be delivered. Do you notice the theme there? Delivered, delivered, delivered. Uh, And it will fall upon the foolish or the wicked. Uh, When in in Bible history uh, or in Bible stories did that actually happen? How about the story about the Red Sea? The story of the Red Sea, God parted the Red Sea for the Israelites to walk upon and the Egyptians followed them and then the waters came down upon the Egyptian Pharaoh's army and God's people were delivered. How about Mordecai? Someone had prepared some gallows for Mordecai, but the one who prepared the the gallows for Mordecai ended up going to the gallows himself. Uh, We think of the story of Daniel and the lion's den. Some folks set Daniel up. Uh, There was a law that couldn't be changed. Daniel was in the lion's den. God delivered him in the trouble. And then what happened to the folk who set Daniel up? They went right into the lion's den themselves. And so uh, God certainly, uh, we can can believe the words, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Uh, God will repay, not in in anger, uh, but in pity and in compassion. uh, His wrath is upon sin and not the sinner. We can trust God to take care of us. uh, Let's look at verses 18 and 31. By the way, in the last days, according to Bible prophecy, the remnant are going to be, they're going to, folk are going to come after the remnant. Uh, there'll be no buying or selling. There'll be death threats. And then what ends up happening to, the, to those who, uh, who gave the death threats and those who came after the remnant and those come after the remnant and those that uh, prevent them from buying and selling? The exact same thing happens to them. And God delivers His people, you see. Powerful stuff. And then verses 18 and 31, we're talking about the benefits and the blessings of righteousness. Look at this, verses 18 and 31, the wicked man does, not dis- does deceptive work, but he who sows righteousness will have a what? Sure reward, a sure reward. Verse 31, if the righteous will be recompensed on the earth, how much more the ungodly and the sinner? Uh, the, the psalmist said, the meek shall inherit the earth. And, uh, and Jesus picked that up and said the same thing in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 3. The meek shall inherit the earth. If the meek are going to inherit the earth, the wise man says the, the, the wicked are also going to be destroyed on the, on the earth. Isn't that right? At the end of the thousand years, New Jerusalem comes down, wicked are raised, they march on the city, fire comes down from God out of heaven and they are destroyed on the earth. And then, last few verses here, verses 24 to 26 other benefits of righteousness. There is one who scatters yet increases more, and there is one who withholds more than is right, but it lends to poverty. The generous soul will be made fat or rich. He who waters will also be watered himself. The people will curse him who withholds grain, but blessing, blessings will be on him, the head of him who sells it. I think of Joseph, don't you, when you read that verse? 
and how he, they stored up the grain, and then in the time of poverty, uh, he released the grain and sold it to those that uh, had need. He was certainly blessed, wasn't he? God blessed him, and people blessed him, Joseph, for, uh, for providing for their needs. Look at verse 28. He who trusts in his riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like foliage, or grow like a tree, you see, planted by water. So, are there benefits to wisdom and righteousness? They far outweigh the, what the foolish and the unrighteous will receive. It is better to be on the side of righteousness and wisdom, amen? No doubt about it. Blessings. Blessings comes in all t- types of shapes and sizes. And I know, uh, Diana, you had a question uh, for us here this morning that uh, you're going to ask. And um, I wanted to just read a song to you that uh, a friend of mine and, and my wife shared with me last night. And I've heard the song before, and I didn't, just didn't think about it when talking about, uh, thinking about preparing for this lesson. And uh, it talks about blessings coming in different forms. And, um, and here is what it is. It's called Blessings, and it's written by Laura Nixon. It says, we, we pray for blessings, we pray for peace, comfort for family, protection while we sleep. We pray for healing, for prosperity. We pray for your mighty hand to ease our suffering. All along, you hear each spoken need, yet love us way too much to give us lesser things. Because what if blessings come through raindrops? What if your healing comes through tears? What if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know you're near? What if trials of this life are your mercies in disguise? And then uh, there's more here, but uh, time won't permit me to... Well, time permit me? Time will permit me. Let me read another one. We pray for wisdom. Your voice is to hear. We cry in anger when we cannot feel you near. We doubt your goodness, we doubt your love, as if every promise from your word is not enough. All the while you hear each desperate plea and long that we'd have faith to believe. When friends betray us, when darkness seems to win, we know that pain reminds this heart, this is not, this is not our home, it's not our home. What if my greatest disappointments or the aching of this life is the revealing of a greater thirst this world can't satisfy? And what if trials of this life the rain, the storms, the hardest nights are your mercies in disguise. Blessings comes in different forms, doesn't it? Not just in uh, the tangible things we might experience, um, but not, and, and, and certainly the blessings of the promise of eternal life, and we'll talk about that before we're done today. Uh, massive stuff, but God's blessings do come in other forms. Hmm. Um, Diana, question. Uh, Certainly there are temporal blessings to following Christ, but can I know that I'm obeying God because I'm blessed? Okay, can you know that you are obeying God because you are blessed? So God is blessing you in some ways, and is that an indicator of whether you are following God's plan for your life? Yes and no. Yes and no, right? Yes and no. (laughs) Uh, Let's think about the blessings of life and air and sunshine. Who are they for? Everybody. Jesus said it, the rain comes down, the sun shines on the good and the evil, you see. That's important to understand. Um, certainly, we experience God's blessings when we implement His principles in our life. So, if I'm a good steward of my finances, I'll be blessed with having some savings, and if there's an emergency, uh, we're able to take care of that emergency, you see. Um, so, if we implement God's principles, and that's just one, uh, one example, certainly we will experience blessings. But, um, but if, if, 
if, if we could put it another way, if I, if I end up coming into some money, does that, is that an indicator that God has favored me and is blessing me and I'm obedient? Not always. And probably most times never. <laughs> um, sometimes, sometimes riches is a test to know what we're going to do with it um, and how we're going to respond. But sometimes, yes, some of those benefits and blessings are an indicator of the fact that we are obedient. So it's a yes and no uh, proposition, if, if, I, if I may. Uh, but uh, good question. Okay, Wednesday. Let's go to Wednesday. Let's talk about the truth of the righteous. The truth of the righteous. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 12, verses 17 to 22. Look at a few verses here, and then we'll look at some others. Um, Proverbs chapter 12, verses 17 to 22. It says, He who speaks truth declares righteousness, but a false witness deceit. And then uh, what other verse? Oh, right through to verse 22. Here we go. There is one who speaks like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. Some folk use their tongues and hurt folk and pierces through like a sword. It hurts. But God's people speak words that bring healing and promote health. The truthful lips shall be established forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. Deceit is in the heart of those who devise evil, but counselors of peace have joy. No grave trouble will overtake the righteous, but the wicked shall be filled with evil. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. We read that earlier, didn't we, in Proverbs chapter 6. It's one of the, uh, the abominations. Six li lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who deal truthfully are His delight. Are His delight. So the righteous, according to the wise man, are known for the truth that they speak. We have several other verses we'll look at um, in the New Testament. Uh, someone has 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 22. Mike, you've got that? Okay. Um, John 1, verse 47. John 1, verse 47. Um, it says, Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him, and he said of Nathanael, Behold, an Israelite in whom is no, in the King James it says, guile, no lying. This Nathanael, this Israelite, was a man without guile. Revelation 14, verse 5, talking about the 145, excuse me, 144,000, there it is. Uh, notice what it says, Revelation 14, verse 5, and in their mouth was found no guile, for they are without fault before the throne of God. Mike, 1 Peter 2, 22. 1 Peter 2, verse 22. Who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth. All right, and this is talking about who? Yeah, there's only one who's without sin, and that's Jesus. And it says of Jesus that there is no guile in his mouth. So it's interesting that uh, the righteous are simply uh, 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 living a life, following in, following in the footsteps, following the example of Jesus, the one who in, the, in his mouth was found no guile. Does that include white lies? We're going to get into a discussion. <laughs> Maybe I'm opening up a can of worms. Um, in their mouth was found no guile. Let me ask you another question. That would include white lies. Let me ask you another question. Um, is not saying everything about a certain thing telling a lie? Okay. Oh man, I, I'm surrounded by wisdom. This is fa fantastic. I didn't. I didn't. I, this is not a surprise to me. 
I know that. You are wise. I'm learning from you. So no, that's right. Not at all. Not at all. Um, because some things are better left unsaid. Honey, does this look good on me? Jesus said, Jesus said, talking about his disciples, there are many things I want to tell you, but I can't tell you them all. You're not ready. Um, and uh, so, this, so withholding information sometimes for the betterment of somebody else is not telling a lie. Um, what is a lie? What is guile? Saying something in order to, to deceive, in order to um, lead someone astray or to give them false information with the intention to deceive. That's what a lie is. Notice this uh, uh, poem that I found. It said, this is, about, this is called the lie. First somebody told it, then the room couldn't hold it, so the busy tongues rolled it till they got it outside. Then the crowd came across it and never once lost it, but tossed it and tossed it till it grew long and wide. This lie brought forth others, dark sisters and brothers, and fathers and mothers, a terrible crew. And while headlong they hurried, the people they flurried and troubled and worried, as lies always do. And so evil-bodied, this monster lay goaded, till at last it exploded in smoke and in shame. Then from mud and from mire, the pieces flew higher and hit the sad victim and killed a good name. And that's what a lie does. A lie creates confusion. Uh, lies create, uh, as the basis of gossip and rumor-mongering. Uh, and hurts and destroys people's reputations and the one who started it all in the first place. Who's the master liar? Lucifer. As a matter of fact, Jesus said he is, the, he is the, uh, the one who is a murderer from the beginning and he's the father of lies. The first lies recorded in Genesis chapter 3, isn't it? And uh, he certainly is a liar. There's a question, Mike, you have a question. Who How times? can a person take better control of their tongue and how can they experience victory? So we've been talking about the mouth, haven't we? And uh, in this instant, we're talking about telling the truth. And where does that come from? Yeah. Now, can you tell a lie by your body language? Yes, you can. Even by an expression on your face, right? Yeah, certainly. But how can we get a better handle on this? Well, in, in actuality, we need to get a better handle on this. Because remember, the mouth is the outlet to the, to the mind. Um, in other words, we need, we need to be changed by God's grace, in so much that we don't recognize ourselves anymore. <laughs> I don't know if you read it, the Toronto Sun newspaper, Toronto up in uh, Ontario, Canada, um, uh, broke a story on a lady that was out, uh, this was in, uh, in a volcanic uh, canyon, they were out touring a volcanic canyon in Iceland, and, um, and she was out looking for herself. What had happened is they, uh, they had stopped there, they got out of the bus, and she had gotten out to go into the washroom to freshen up herself and to change her clothes. And when she got back in, no one into the bus, no one recognized her. And so they were doing a bit of a head count, and they, they described the lady that was mi missing. And apparently the lady that was sitting in the bus, whom they were describing, didn't recognize the description of herself. She just didn't recognize it. So they sent out for three hours. They were out there looking for this lady, and she was out there looking for herself as well. <laughs> and they were just about to issue a, a helicopter to go and survey the area when she discovered, lo and behold, they're looking for me, and I'm looking for me. She didn't recognize herself, 
And that's, and that's the change that is needed in the lives of God's people. Amen? We need to be so changed and transformed by the grace of God that we don't, we don't recognize ourselves anymore. And maybe others don't recognize us anymore. We need a change. A change of heart, a change of mind. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, you see. You know, one of the, a cure for lying as well, for not telling the truth, the cure for lying is remembering the last time you were lied to and how, how that hurt you and how painful that was. And so uh, we need to, need to keep these things in mind, but we need a change from the inside out. You can't manufacture the change. You, can't, you, can't, you, you cannot in and of yourself control your tongue, but by God's grace, you can by His power you can. The Bible says Jesus was without sin. There was no guile found in His mouth. And if Jesus, by depending on His Father, could do it, we, by depending on Jesus, can do it as well by His grace. All right, let's go to Thursday and let's wrap up the lesson by talking about the reward of the righteous. The reward of the righteous. This is Proverbs chapter 13. And um, when we talk about the rewards of the righteous. We need to remember that uh, the elaborate rewards that God gives us in the form and the gift of eternal life is not based upon our performance. You read, about, you read in the Bible about rewards being issued. Jesus said, I'm coming back and my rewards are with me. Well, then there's something I've got to do. There's, I've, got to, I've, got to, I've got to be performing at a high level. The, the rewards are not issued based upon our performance, like some trophy you won in a sports contest uh, in the finals because, of, uh, because you won. But the, the, the rewards are issued as a gift. The rewards are issued as a gift from God. And the rewards that are issued, or at least the reward that is issued, the righteous is a gift, and that gift is the gift of eternal life. In the end, ultimately, and, and this is what, you, what we discover when we read the, the Bible, but we're in Proverbs, but you see this clearly in Proverbs. How many groups are mentioned in the book of Proverbs, technically? You've got the wise and you've got the foolish. So there's two, two groups of people. There's no one kind of in the middle. There's no one in the middle. Um, the, the truth of the matter is, we've all said some foolish things. We've all done some dumb things. Uh, Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned and we fall short of the glory of God. We're not deserving of the gift of eternal life or even the title of righteous, of the righteous or being called wise. We're not deserving of any of that. But the following verse talks about the fact that we are justified freely by Jesus' grace. And that's the only way any one of us can receive this wonderful gift. It's through Jesus Christ and receiving Him with all of our hearts, you see. So two groups, you've got the saved and the lost, you've got the righteous, and you've got the unrighteous, the wise and the foolish. Uh, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 13, who has that for me? This is our last verse right down here. Thank you, Jim. A uh, couple of verses before we get to Jim. John 3.16, a couple of very familiar verses. Let's read, let's say John 3.16 together. Let's say it. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. What's the reward of the righteous? Everlasting life. And you just let that settle and let that sink. It's phenomenal. Everlasting life. But what is the reward of the unrighteous? Those who do not believe and do not receive Jesus, they will perish. That's right. Romans chapter 6 and verse 23. We know this verse pretty well. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. 
you see. So there's the, there's the difference. You either receive eternal life or it's eternal death. Eternal life with Jesus. Eternal life with your loved ones. Eternal life experiencing the blessings and the joys that comes with eternal life. Proverbs 13, verse 13, Jim. Uh, this is our last verse for this morning. Who shall despise the word shall be destroyed, but he that fears the commandment shall be rewarded. You see the contrast? What do the wise receive? A reward. And what is the reward? Eternal life. What do the wicked receive? If they don't listen to the word, if they don't hear the word, they'll be destroyed. You remember we talked earlier about ears to feet, right? James encourages us not just to be hearers but doers of the word, but one has to start somewhere and we've first got to listen. And the question is whether we're going to actually obey or not, whether we're going to follow the Word of God or not. The book of Proverbs explains the cause and effect at work in our lives so that we can know how to make the best choices that will lead us all the way to the kingdom of heaven. And so I'm asking you this morning whether you will join me in making the right choices when it comes to righteousness, make the right choices when it comes to embracing every single bit of Jesus Christ in our lives. Would you join me in that this morning? Amen. You've been a terrific class and it's been a joy to, to, to stand here and share with you again today. Thank you for those that have been tuning in as well, whether you've been watching us on 3ABN Proclaim or uh, on our YouTube channel, our website, wherever you're tuning in from. Thank you. And remember, call in for the free offer. The number's on your screen or email us. That is also on the screen. Uh, and it's offer number 21505. Please call in to receive that offer. That offer you can enjoy yourself or you can share with someone else. And don't forget to write in. We always love hearing from our viewers wherever you are in the world. Uh, letting us know how you, these, uh, these studies and this class is a, uh, is a blessing to you. Thank you so much for joining us. And thank you to everyone here.